Hello, hello. What's up, what's up? I'm back. Still alive during this pandemic time. Um, some sports stuff coming out. The woodworks right now. Mainly the Bulls documentary, Last Dance. It's pretty good stuff. Um, you know, episode one, episode two. Kind of want to talk about it. Um, kind of also want to touch upon, you know, I guess... Bad Boy Pistons with uh, Isaiah Thomas as well. And, you know, without further ado, let's go. So, you know, after watching after watching episode one and episode two, it kind of makes sense a lot of things. I mean, for people that have, like, followed, you know, Michael Jordan's career, I mean, a lot of this information is not really new during the, for, like, people who follow the 90s Bulls. I mean... The main thing that was trending like online is you know episode two, Gary Sky Pippen, but kinda wants to uh jump on episode one first and so we see I guess the the rise and the somewhat I guess slow downfall of the Chicago Bulls dynasty with the main catalyst being Jerry Krause. And you know, for the documentary, it gets kind of weird sometimes. It goes back and forth, back and forth. But, I mean, it's nice to get, like, the, the perspective of the beginning and how the Chicago Bulls became. And, I mean, it makes all, a lot of sense now, certain things, the little things. But, you know, it jumps right to the 97 finals where the Bulls win. They beat the Utah Jazz for the championship. And, you know... He jumps to Michael's press conference where they ask, oh, what's the situation regarding coming back for next season? And Michael Jordan says, you know, we have the right to, you know, defend our our championship. And I, I totally agree because, you know, that that shows, you know, the kind of competitive drive that Michael Jordan has always had where he's, you know, he's the person that wants to keep on going and going till he's beat. I mean, it's like he says, you know, if, you know, if, if we lose, then we can have the discussion, but, you know, we have the right to defend what's, what's ours and that's the championship. And they didn't really include them asking about Dennis Rodman. That was the one thing that kind of, Pop into my head because in that press conference they asked like Dennis if like would you want Dennis back and Do you want Rodman back? Sure. His dresses doesn't bother me. <laughs> His hair doesn't bother me. Sure, I mean he's gonna go wacko every now and then. <laughs> We've come to live with that. We've come to accept that. But you can't find another player on the basketball court that works just as hard as Dennis Rodman. Gives 110%, dives at loose balls, even if he can't get them. That's Dennis Rodman. So I don't, I don't have a problem with Dennis, you know. And I don't think Phil does. I don't think Dennis does. I mean, I don't think Scotty does. We've been able to control him to some degree. And he, look, we're here for champions back to back. You guys may love him. He may say a lot of crazy things, and David Stern may find him $50,000. The guy doesn't care about money. Michael Jordan, he says, you know, sure, you know. 
Of course he wants Dennis back. He wants everyone back to make making another run for the championship. I mean I mean the clip shows, you know, Michael Jordan said, you know, I don't care about the dresses that he wears, I don't care about the hairstyle. And you see the reporters just laughing and stuff, but you know, Michael Jordan isn't really joking at all. He like he straight up doesn't care. Like if you give a hundred percent on the court, I mean he's willing to go go to battle with you. I mean, that's just how Michael Jordan is. And, you know, you give it your all, you, you follow his lead, you know, he'll go to war with you. And, I mean, that's just what Dennis Rodman is. I mean, Dennis Rodman, you know, he was just, you know, 96, he was just wearing his mask. I mean, I mean, not mask, but he was just wearing like a bunch of like fucking makeup from what I remember. Massive makeup. Um... He's wearing like, you know, that wedding dress that he married himself. I was like, dude, this guy's this guy's fucking character. Like, Dennis Rodman's like a fucking goddamn character. Um, you got, you got all sorts of fucking, all sorts of weirdness going on with Dennis Rodman. But you know, in my opinion, Dennis Rodman's arguably the greatest defender of all time. He just needed, he just needed basketball to give him like structure in his life, because uh, outside, you know, he just he's just doing whatever he wants, partying. But when it came to basketball, he was he, you know, he, he was super dedicated and serious. And then you know it, it jumps on to, you know, Jerry Krause. You know Jerry Krause. It all makes sense now. Like Jerry Krause really is Schwackhammer, uh, the, the alien from. Space Jam, like you'll be our star attraction. You'll sign autographs all day long and play one-on-one -on -one with the paying customers. <laughs> and you'll always lose. It all makes sense now, you know. I mean, Michael Jordan basing, you know, the alien. You know, mafioso boss on, you know, Jerry Krause. You know, you got the cigar, you got the short, short guy bossing all the super tall athletes think he's bigger than, than like the, the monsters, you know, ordering them around. Then, like, the thing that stood out to me, like, with, you know, just reminiscing about Space Jam is like, know that bet that he had with you know Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan lost, like he'll have you know Michael Jordan sign autographs like twenty four seven as like a slave and stuff. And I think that's how like Michael Jordan thought of him because of his comments saying that you know, you know the Bulls organization is responsible for winning championships. Like it's not the players, it's the organization in in hand that you know, sets up everything and wins championships. And, you know, that, that's what, that's what pissed off Michael Jordan so much. Like, you had this guy here who, you know, who's not going to war with, with his guys day in and day out, you know, playing, playing 82 games. 
and and just you know just running his mouth saying that dude like you know we are the ones that are responsible for uh for you guys you know winning in the first place i mean that's just that's just not how it works in basketball and it just shows a relationship deteriorating between you know the front office and just the Bulls players in general. It just all makes sense. Like it just like the light bulb, you know, came out of nowhere. When you see like the pictures after like the episode where people were were showing um showing Jerry Krause and you know Space Jam, I'm like, dude, it all makes sense now. I mean, for people who for people watching episode one, you know, it goes, you know, it goes back from, you know, 98 all the way to, you know, the rookie season, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, you know, he, he comes, you know, to the Chicago Bulls, drafts him third, third draft pick. You show like, you know, Bobby Knight saying he's the greatest player that he's ever seen to his competitive drive and you know how he practices and the amount of effort he does um let's see thinking about the episode one did they show i uh, they did show the olympics were um the olympics were the people that are going to the olympics in 1984 i believe 1984 or 1985 it was like some some year where where the US was only using like college players instead of like NBA stars to play and represent the United States of America. Um, in that scenario of the Olympic team, I think they had Jim Michael Jordan, they had Patrick Ewing, um, I think they had Charles Barkley. They had like a bunch of like Hall of Future Hall of Famers that are going that were gonna go to the NBA play against the current all-stars in the league. So you got like guys like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. You guys got like, like you know, Kevin McHale. Like all these like, like current like NBA legends that we that we know today playing, and that Olympic team beat that uh, the eighties All Stars, and with the best player beat Michael Jordan, and of course you know Bobby Knight, you know. After seeing what he's seen in practice and what happened in the Olympics, he goes on saying that, you know, he's the greatest player that he's ever seen, like before he gets drafted. Now you got the, you know, the Rockets picking Kim Olajuwon, and you got the Portland Trail Blazers picking, you know, Sam Bowie because, you know, they already had Clyde Drexler and they didn't want uh, another guard because during that time, they, there was, it was kind of unheard of to, you know, put two guards that play the same position, like, together, like, as we have now today where, you know, you know, wing players, like, wing tandems are, are great in the NBA. I mean, the reason why the wing tandems are great is because of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. But, you know, back then in the 80s, you know, 70s, 90s, like, you 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 usually com- 
uh, pair up a dominant guard with you know a dominant big now. Now Sam Bowie is not as as bad as people make him out to be, but the reason why he's bad is because you know you pick Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan basically. So I mean that's just the context of you know the pick of Sam Bowie. You know Clyde Drexler they, they wanted a big man, and I mean, that was just basically the winning formula of. How to win in the NBA back then. Now for like the Hakeem Olajuwon pick, you know, I mean Hakeem Olajuwon's potential was viewed as basically a slam slam dunk pick either way. I mean you couldn't go wrong with Hakeem Olajuwon. And that was a, that was at the time where they had Ralph Sampson, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, I believe. When he got drafted, they they went to they went to the finals. In like, um, I think in the second year they went to the finals, and they don't go to the finals until you know in the nineties. But that's due to you know Ralph Sampson getting like super injured, and they just didn't have a chance uh, of going back until the nineties, where Hakeem Olajuwon becomes you know Hakeem Olajuwon. So. I mean, it shows like episode one, it shows like, you know, the turmoil of coming in of how, how it all began. I mean, I just don't understand how Jerry, Jerry Reinsdorf like allows all this happening under his nose. I mean, you would like, like Jerry Reinsdorf owns Chicago Bulls and the Chicago White Sox and the Bulls are basically you know worth more to him than the white Sox. but if i remember correctly i've, I've read things where he said that he actually cares more about baseball compared to basketball um but um that may be true actually because it feels like you know if, I mean, he picked jerry Krause, who was originally a baseball scout from him and it, it just transitions them to the basketball uh, front office. And, you know, the Bulls just set up their team for the future with him. That will ultimately result in basically the 90s Bulls. Now, I'm not trying to, like, you know, trying to say that Jerry Krause is, you know, a bad GM or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, how could you, how could you break up a, a dynasty that still had, some legs left for like one more run at least. Like that's that's the issue there. Like the lockout season comes out the next year. You know, Dennis Robin has said that they they've had legs for like fifty games. Like there is no way that they wouldn't have won the championship. I mean, even Scotty said like we would have won fifty and zero. I mean, the reason why they wouldn't win fifty and zero is because they're just a veteran championship team who has so much experience. So they would be able to take advantage of, you know, circumstances like that. And they would have faced, you know, San Antonio. That that would have been a super interesting series. But, you know, it is what it is sometimes. Now, moving on to, like, episode two, like, you know, we, we dive down to the Scottie Pippen issue where he signs, like, a seven-year contract for $18 million. 
which at the time, like when he signed it, was the biggest contract that the Bulls made. Because people were like people don't understand, like when the, the salary cap and everything jumped up due to, you know, the reason why the salary cap jumped up is because of the dream team. Where with the Olympics and the 92 Olympics where <clears throat> where where they allowed the um, the All-Stars to, to uh, represent the United States you have all the biggest NBA names that were on that team you got Michael Jordan, Magic, Larry like Charles, you know, Patrick Ewing Scotty, everyone there everyone where, where they're playing in the international stage, and you know, Michael Jordan is easily the most charismatic NBA player, like in the history of the NBA. Like when I'm talking about charismatic, I'm talking about personality. I'm talking about you know, play styles. Easily the most like aesthetically pleasing play style of all NBA, and. You know, that just like made the NBA explode in popularity and worldwide presence, which, you know, resulted in more viewers and and he was just the face of the league, basically. And that exploded NBA popularity to what it is, you know, today. And with more revenue streaming coming in and it's just... This just made the contract look bad because, you know, people who don't remember that basically Michael Jordan was getting paid like, like four million a year too. like he, he made more money off the court than he did on the court. So for people who like who view that 98 season with Michael Jordan making 30 million a season. In 1996, he was making four million. In 1997, he made he made thirty million. In 1998, he makes thirty three million. He was signing like one year deals that were super big. And Jerry Kraus, I mean Jerry Kraus, Jerry Reinsdorf never wanted to pay Scotty or Michael Jordan. I don't believe the, I don't believe what he says is, is true. Like for him to say that, oh, you know, like are you sure you want to sign this contract, like? I wouldn't sign this contract. I'm telling you, tell sign like what kind of owner would try to make would say that you know like 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 you like you know Scottie Pippen's worth. He should easily pay like like way more than that. But when Jerry Reinsdorf you know signed that check to Michael Jordan, who was paying thirty million. He said that he was going to regret, you know, that deal. And I hope it, I hope that shows up in the, in the later episodes where they talk about, you know, Michael Jordan's contract. Because for him to say that, you know, he's going to regret signing uh, his, this $30 million contract to him. Like, like, what, what are you saying? Like, are you really saying that you, you wouldn't want to pay, you know, the greatest player of all time, 
the greatest player of all time on your franchise and the face of the NBA to to not stay with the team is like you wouldn't want to pay him like what are you trying to say like so that's why I don't I don't understand like Jay Ryan's door. I think he's a fucking liar like there's no way he told Scottie Pippen you know about this stuff I mean at the time when he signed the deal like like first of all no one really knew like you know the salary stuff and everything would have exploded after the dream team I mean that's why you know Jay Ryan was probably hesitant on signing that deal as well with Scotty but it worked out in his favor because of you know everything happening and you know it sucks for Scotty but you know a lot of the reasons why the 90s Bulls you know were able to you know be the 90s Bulls were also because you know, Sky Pippen was getting paid way less compared to what he should have been making, which, you know, the salary cap issue stuff wouldn't have happened, maybe. The whole team outlook would be way different. But, you know, you know, it is what it is. I mean, obviously, you know, Horace Grant, he left to Orlando manager because he wanted to get paid. I mean, he wasn't getting paid on the Bulls, too. So, so there's that. Um, just thinking about it, you know, Tony Kukoc was getting paid way more than him. I think Dennis was getting paid way more than him. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, you just getting like paid super less compared to what he should have been paid. But at the end of the day, you know, Sky Pippen gets traded to the Houston Rockets. He signs a big deal where he gets paid like, you know, $25 million, I think, on the Rockets. And then he gets traded to the Portland Trailblazers where he gets paid like, you know, fat bucks again. So, you know, in reality, Scottie Pippen made more in the NBA in earnings compared to Michael Jordan. I mean, I saw like a graphic where Scottie Pippen, you know, he made $101 million during his playing time with the NBA. And Michael Jordan made 99, so there's that. But, you know, obviously, you know, Michael Jordan makes so much money from endorsements and commercials and whatnot. I mean, this dude basically made Nike to what Nike is. I mean, all those added benefits of, you know, signing that Nike contract where if you sold those original Air Jordan 1s, the, the red and white ones, um, he, w- he would have made, you know, like, you know, additional uh like five million or whatever and he ends up selling 128 million so you know Michael Jordan like Michael Jordan made all right so it is what it is. I mean I feel like Bulls like front office is is fucking bad like like if they did if no Michael Jordan if there is no Michael Jordan no championships and the Bulls become out of Come, you know, they get out of the league basically, which is what they were saying in the F- episode one. Like, they were not making money until Michael Jordan came in town, and stands and stuff were empty. And once once he got drafted, and news came out of his play style and everything, everything, everything changed. 
So now, I want to talk about um, the Bad Boy Pistons because, you know, the episode three and episode four coming out to Dennis Rodman episodes, and they're going to touch upon the Detroit Pistons and whatnot. So I kind of want to talk about the, the Detroit, Detroit Pistons. They're an all-time great team. I mean, people don't want to give them as much credit as they're due because of their play style. It's, it's just an ugly play style where, you know, it's just, you know, people getting thrown down the floor, like super rough house play that's super physical. But, you know, at the same time, dude, they had great players. They had, obviously, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, who's arguably, you know, you know, the greatest backcourt of all time. You got Adrian Dentley, followed by Mark Aguirre. You got, you know, you got these guys, you know, Vinny Johnson, like, Hell, even Bill Ambeer for all the shit that he, he 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 does, like he was he was good. Like he made the all-star team a couple of times, left the league in rebounding. I mean this team was, was an all-time great team. Like in my opinion, Isaiah Thomas is the second greatest point guard of all time. Like now you're probably thinking like, dude, like you know, like, how is he the second greatest point guard of all time? Like, like he doesn't really have the stats and, like, whatnot or the records compared to, like, you know, John Stockton, you know, Oscar Robinson. Does have records like Steph Curry. Like, so how is he the second greatest player or not greatest player, second point guard of all time? I mean, in my opinion, like, dude, like, like, obviously, you know, Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time. But, during that time where, you know, in the 80s, which is when Isaiah played. Uh, in that time, Isaiah Thomas was making first team All-NBA in the point guard position over Magic Johnson. Like, I just imagine that, right? Like, like Isaiah Thomas was making All-NBA first team in the point guard position He's made it multiple times, first team over Magic Johnson. So that should show you that, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know, is is a great impactful player. He is probably, you know, the greatest small guy other than Steph Curry at his position. He is, you know, he's won championships without a dominant, you know, center. Now, you can argue, you know, like, Bill Lambert, you know, he still made the all-star. Like, for why Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time is because he, you know, he's won outside of the NBA winning formula. Like, Michael Jordan has never won, has, has never had a dominant big man to win a championship compared to guys like Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, like... Stuff like that. He's won multiple championships. Well, like with guys like Bill Wellington, you know, Bill Cartwright, um, Will Purdue, like all these like centers that they had, you know, Judd Bushler, like stuff like that. Like he's never had like, a, a dominant big man. He's had just role players as centers while 
you know, Isaiah Thomas, he's never had a dominant big man per se, but Bill Ambeer has made all-star appearances in the NBA. And you can't really say that for like point guards because, I mean, just think about it. Usually the point guards in the top 10 position of point guards of all time have had dominant, you know, big men. Obviously, number one's Magic Johnson. In my opinion, you know, the third greatest point guard is Oscar Robinson. You know, Oscar Robinson won a championship with Kareem and Dujabar. You know, Steph Curry um, is in a unique position as well. But at the same time, he's had like, you know, his small ball lineup of Draymond Green, who's who's had multiple all-star appearances as well. So, you know, Draymond Green kind of plays that pseudo big man, you know you know, ball handler kind of role, but I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. You know, top five, you know, number five, in my opinion, is John Stockton. John Stockton played with Carl Malone, you know, a dominant big man in his, his entire, you know, NBA career. I mean, the list goes on, you know, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. Uh, yeah, Jason Kidd, he's played with, you know, Dirk Nowitzki. He's played with, you know, Kenya Martin, who who was the defensive player of the year that time. Um, Steve Nash played with, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, Amar Stoudemire. Bob Cousy's played with, you know, Bill Russell. Even Jerry West played with, you know, Will Chamberlain. So, you know, going back to, like, Isaiah Thomas, like, right, like, like, all those, like, big man players that the point guards have played, Bill Lambeer is far from the list of, you know, tiers that those players have been on. And, you know, Isaiah Thompson was able to win two championships with Troy Pistons, with, you know, Bill Lambeer as a center. Like, Isaiah Thompson is the only player that can say that he, in one championship run, he's beaten Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson. And if it wasn't for the ankle injury, the Detroit Pistons probably would win a three-peat. And, you know, that's just, that's just saying something right there. Like, they're just one ankle injury away from putting the Lakers away because no ankle injury. And, you know, the Lakers are already in trouble because, because, you know, the Lakers play style of Showtime is they're basically a fast break, you know, offense team where where they're usually running, you know, three there's usually a running team. And the thing is, like with the Detroit Pistons, like they can keep up with you. Like they have athletes as well that can run. And you got Dennis Rodman, you know. Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas, he has great defenders. They're able to nullify a lot of the what the Lakers can do. I mean, the, the, the Lakers went to seven, I believe, with the Detroit Pistons. And the next season, they get swept. So, like, for me, like, Isaiah Thomas, like, he doesn't get as much credit as as he deserves to because... People know him for, I think people mostly known are known 
to think of him as the guy who gets left off the dream team a lot. And it's kind of unfair, but you know, it, it is what it is because, you know, the NBA is transitioning to like a new era, which is the 90s. And they wanted to like leave like all that 80s, you know, roughhousing stuff away and just move on to like transition to a new, new kind of NBA landscape and which was kind of like an international landscape with the NBA. And, you know, that's probably the reason why Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the dream team, even though he deserves to be on the dream team. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, you know, is an all-time great and the greatest Troy Piston player of all time. Now, I want to move on to, I guess, episode three, episode four of the Dennis Rodman episode. So it kind of goes to, jumps to Dennis Rodman, and they're focusing on a lot of uh, Scotty Pippen's issues, and the person that they, uh, that they um, relied on was Dennis Rodman. Like, like Dennis Rodman is a role player. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, for people who think that he's some kind of all-star, I mean, no. I mean, Dennis Rodman's not an all-star. He's a elite role player who plays his role to a, down to a T. He doesn't demand the ball a lot. He, he boxes out, you know, plays great defense. You know, he's great, arguably the greatest rebounder of all time. And he's super impactful on the court, right? So it shows that, you know, Dennis Rodman was, shows Dennis Rodman was, you know, the catalyst to winning, making a win streak for the Bulls. And, you know, Dennis Rodman had a crazy life. Like, they touch upon him sitting in the, like, outside the arena with a gun in his in his car. But it didn't really talk about how, you know, the, the story of Craig Sager coming into him and asking him, you know, if he's okay, like, like don't do it. Like, they don't touch upon that right now. But he, he was going to kill himself that day. And he just fell asleep, I guess. That's what he said. He fell asleep. So, you know, he was in, a, in like a downward spiral in his life. And that's what people don't get. Like when when the Bulls made that trade for Dennis Rodman in San Antonio, like Dennis Rodman was out, was out wild and out. Like everywhere he went, like he was headbutting people. He was headbutting the refs, headbutting players. Like, like he was like, getting all these crazy hairstyles like you know, at the time like you know nowadays you can do whatever you want it seems like people like at the workplace now they can like they can like dye their hair pink blue whatever is right at the time like the united states was way more conservative right like although we can say more things back then like in the 90s where you can make jokes about a lot of things like 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 the simpsons where they can make like a bunch of like like you know, off-color jokes that can't be said now, which kind of sucks in my opinion because, dude, those are, like, the best jokes, but, you know, 
you can't really say those things now. But, you know, guys like Dennis Rodman, who's wild now, he was wearing, like, you know, all these, like, weird-ass jewelry, glitter, nail polish. You know, his hair is all wild. Like, for sports, like, that was a whole different ball game. Like, you know, for better or worse, you know, Dennis Rodman was way ahead of his time. And, you know, he burned his bridges in San Antonio. Like, Greg Popovich wanted to just get rid of him. Like, they would take, they would have taken anything for him. And they trade, what, Judd Buchler for him. And Phil Jackson goes up to Des Rahman has a meeting with him. And the story is, you know, he makes you know, them makes Dennis apologize to Scottie Pippen. And he asks Dennis, you want to be bull? And, you know, Dennis, you know, in his fashion says, you know, I don't give a shit, basically. Like, I don't care. Like, and then Phil Jackson was like, all right, welcome aboard. And that introduces the 96 Bulls. Where they go 72 and 10, greatest team of all time. Way better than, you know, the 73 and 9 Warriors. And then they go on to a 3P, basically. So it touches upon on that. Um, it shows later on, you know, basically, like, Dennis Rodman, he's parties fucking all day, basically. Um, I hope they touch upon the time when he was at WCW where he was wrestling Carmelo. I didn't really see that. Like, like yeah, it showed his Vegas trip and whatnot, but it didn't show the WCW thing. Like people forget, like you know, Carmelo, you know, Dennis Rodman joins the NWO, and you've definitely earned your colors, my friend, because whether it's your new movie Double Team or you and me Triple Teaming. NWO, man, is your style for life, my friend. We can do a double team, triple team, but the NWO is the new team of the future. And and you see, like, what the hell is going on? Like, how how is Dennis Rodman getting away with, you know, being the WCW? How is Carmelone getting away with being the WCW? And this was during the time, like, you know, Monday Night Wars with, like, you know, WWF, WCW. Those was some good times, man. Like, you know, growing up in that era, that's was some good times. Like, people people think, like, you know, like the wrestling and all that stuff, kayfabe. Like, I used to think that was real back then. Like, I was like, whoa, these dudes getting headshotted with, like, chairs. Like, with the deli boys who were, like, throwing people down the tables. Like, I thought that was real. And then, you know, and they said it was fake. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm, like, the magic is gone. But, you know, at, getting back, you know, on topic. You know, you know, episode three, you know, Dennis Rodman asked for vacation. Michael Jordan's like, what the fuck? And that's how, like, it ends. Like, you go to episode four with, you know, Carmen Electra coming in. And Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman dating Madonna. Carmen Electro, dang all these people. He was like just fucking letting loose after not, you know, being straight, like 
not getting any trouble. Like he was, I guess he, I guess he thrives in like chaotic environments where he's like, dude, like I can't take it anymore, which makes sense. I mean, right now the pandemic era that we're in right now, where everyone's at their house, like I can see why people are getting going crazy. Like they're just sitting there, like not doing anything, going crazy. Like they want to go out. Like that's basically what Dennis Rodman's what's what's happening to him right now. Like he had to like let loose steam. Phil Jackson proved Michael Jordan was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like we're in the middle of a season right now, and you want a vacation. He's like, "All right, you know, you got forty eight hours. You better come back." Dennis Rodman never comes back. Michael Jordan personally goes to Las Vegas to pick him up and bring him back. I'm like, "Damn, dude!" Like, like you had to, you know, have been fucked up. To have made Michael Jordan come get you personally. You know, Sky Pippen comes back. They continue the run. And, you know, they just keep on trucking along. And then you see, like, you know, Jerry Krause. You see Jerry Krause make the announcement for, you know, Phil, you know, not coming back on the team. Like, in the middle of the season, right? So, like, for that to happen, it just, like, for stuff like that to happen during the season, it just messes up the morale, basically. Like, dude, like, we're in the middle of the season focusing on, you know, the championship. And all this extracurricular stuff that's going on right now with Jerry Krause, you know, obviously Jerry Krause hates Phil Jackson. You know, Phil Jackson, in my opinion, is the greatest coach of all time, like, for for what he's done with the Bulls and the Lakers. Like, for for you to treat the greatest coach of all time like that, you know, if you go 82-0, and 0, like, I don't care. Like, you will still not be a part of the team next year. Like, goes to show that, dude. Like, Bulls front office really believe that they were the ones that are instrumental in bringing those championships. Not Michael Jordan. Not Scottie Pippen. Not Phil Jackson. And, you know, Phil Jackson... You know, they touched upon Phil Jackson. They wanted to, he wanted to get paid similarly to the coaches that he's beaten. Like, Pat Riley was making a lot of money from the Knicks, and he made a lot of money from the, the Heat, where they offered him owners, ownership. Like, he wanted to get paid on that level, and the Bulls front office said no. So, for Jerry Reinsdorf, like, it touches upon Jerry Reinsdorf again, like, you say you wanted to pay Scotty, you know, and then on one hand, you don't want to pay Michael Jordan 30 million, 33 million. You know, Phil Jackson making like what, 6 million? He wants like a price increase as well. Like, you don't want to pay the coach, which has nothing to do with the salary cap as well. So, like, the Bulls front office is basically pretty cheap. Um, and he goes to show, like, you know, the Bulls front office, like, they pushed out Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen, and obviously Michael Jordan. Like, that's why the Bulls weren't able to assign any free agency agents after that. Because, like, the players in the NBC, what you've done, like, you treat the greatest player of all time, the greatest coach of all time, and the second greatest, you know, secondary player of all time at the time. Like, arguably, now it could be Kobe Bryant, but arguably at the time, Scottie Pippen, right? Arguably, 
at the time, you know, honorable mention to like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and stuff, whatnot. But you treat them like that the 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 pillars of your franchise, basically, like you treat them like shit, and then you push them out. Like that's gonna have an effect on like every everywhere on everyone that see you from an outside perspective, right? Like, like after they fired, for not fired, but after Phil Jackson left and they hired Tim Floyd, I don't know why the Jerry Krause liked Tim Floyd that much. Like, he said, hey, we have, like, a younger Phil Jackson. Scotty gets traded. Dennis gets traded. Mike retires. They they go like sub tw- like twenty five win teams back to back, and Tim Floyd steps down, and the Bulls basically were never the same after that. <clears throat> like that's like a curse, I guess. What they what they did, like dude, for them to treat you know Michael Jordan like that goes to show that. Dude, like it's not or- organization. It's not the organization that won championship. It's Michael Jordan. The Bulls were never the same. The Bulls were cursed, basically. Like for them to treat a player of that stature like that, just driving him out of his own franchise. It's uh, it's kind of sad. And who knows? There's a lot of what if scenarios right now. Like you know, Phil Jackson. Mike and Scotty against Tim Duncan, maybe later against, you know, Shaq and Kobe. Like, a lot of stuff were just all these dream case scenarios. It was just, you know, just all up in the air now. And, you know, in my opinion, they had one more run to go, but they didn't think so. And it goes to show that. It really is an organization that wins championships. It's, you know, the the players. And I think that should do it now. Um, Not much stuff going on still. I mean, the NBA, they are kind of planning to open up practice facilities right now. So hopefully there's more like a concrete case when it comes to like the playoffs. Hopefully the playoffs come back like, dude. Hopefully it comes back. Like, I've been dying to watch some playoffs right now. It's weird now seeing playoffs right now. But, you know, I guess everyone wants to be as safe as possible. And don't want to, like, I guess, ruffle feathers. feathers. Hopefully they open up the United States back up again, dude. It's getting boring nowadays to just stay home all day, but. You know, it is what it is. Um, I think I'm heading out right now, so I'll see y'all later. Peace out.